You're listening to The Chartographers Everybody, we are The Chartographers And we're coming to podcast Beat Beat (laughs) I hate you, John Harvey So goddamn I wrote that for him Yeah, the writer's room is getting really hyped up for season three. You won't our, believe what our we have other, planned. Our other option was... <laughs> was wait, the chartographers can't come to the phone oh right now. Gosh. Why? Oh, because they're dead. This will not even be relevant. <laughs> I'm aware, exactly. These songs are already irrelevant, yep. and it's uh, been a week. Guys, guess what? It's been two days! Been two days. Oh, what? We're talking about David Bowie. David it is Bowie. part two of our epic journey of ranking every single album from worst to best. David Bowie. That's what we're doing. From I gotta get 60, the thing back on track. Sixty-nine to sixty-seven to eighty. Yeah, sixty-seven to eighty. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, we're sixty-nine. Oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> but guys, listen. Uh, we went ahead. Uh, there were fourteen David Bowie albums from that classic era, from uh, nineteen sixty-seven to nineteen eighty, and we ranked seven of them. And I can't fucking believe it. It's actually kind of insane that we did that. Uh, but most importantly, though. We are now down to the top seven. Uh, it's incredible. And it's me, Evan Soddy. It is the co-creator, Taryn O'Reilly. It is our two Yo. favorite, most special of guests, John Harvey and Bobby Evers. Hi. They are a hilarious tag team duo. You can hear their audio podcast, Laugh a Lot, uh, later on on iTunes Store and Spreaker. It's so great, guys. Check it out, laughalot.com. That real. Uh, so guys, listen, on top of that, though, uh, we are here, and they are Bowie experts, we've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, the last seven albums we ranked, we're not going to tell you what they are, I highly recommend you listen to that episode, though, because we, oh, we got through a lot of stuff. We got through a lot of rankings and a lot of background detail. I highly recommend you listen to part one, because it'll make a lot more sense when we get to part two. Our top seven albums remaining of this era are... 1971's Hunky Dory. We got 1972's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. We got 1973's Aladdin Sane, 1975's Young Americans, 1976's Station the Station, and the other two albums from the Berlin Trilogy that aren't that bad, 1977's Low and 1977's Heroes. Woo, guys, that's a lot of albums right over there. Uh, and listen, uh, Bobby Evers, just so you know, is wearing a Major Tom shirt. That's right. This is the exact... Model of shirt that he wore exactly in the of. Space Oddity video uh-huh. in 19. It's a lot better than unless it was his actual shirt and you were just wearing it like, that is priceless. What are you doing, you monster? Yeah. You scary monster and super freak. Yeah. As you are known in the industry. So, uh, that is that being said, though, we have seven albums to rank, uh, and they are, some would argue, they're all masterpieces. So, it's not an enviable task. We already kind of got some of our stuff out there. We're an agreeable bunch. We're going to get there eventually. But, dear friend Bobby Evers. Yeah. You are in as the proverbial hot seat, as oh, it were. So I just want to know, of the albums we have left, Hunky Dory's Against Artists, Aladdin, St. Young American Station, Station, Low Heroes, of those, what would you just nominate, just nominate, as number seven? All right. I'm going to say, uh, for consideration... Um, By the committee. By the Sinai committee. Young Americans. I'm with you on that. What? It's it's uh it's a '70s disco influence sort of. It's inspired compositions, but not my specific aesthetic. Oh, Taryn has a lot to say to yes, that. Disco is not the word you're looking for. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of its own weird thing. Um, it's very '70s, I will say that. But See, it's not. It doesn't pigeonhole. And he called it plastic soul because it's not really soul. Bowie also has the most interesting brand of funk. 
you know. Yeah. Like it's and it shows on all the other funky albums that come after that, but that's what I, I agree. It's not really... You can say it's like early 70s R&B, but it also kind of really kinda isn't. isn't that either. Yeah. And it's, that's a fascinating thing, because especially after uh, the last album that he did, he really wanted to change up his sound. He really wanted to do something that was totally different from Diamond Dogs. And he, apparently during the Diamond Dogs tour, because he did tour it, he was throwing in a couple like soul standards into his set there. He was getting really fascinated with it. And so when he finally got around recording this album, he wanted to do it legit. That's when he brought in uh, some really great guitarists. He brought in some great session musicians and a very young Luther Vandross is oh. actually one of the backing vocalists and actually a uh, co-songwriter on uh, one of the songs on here. He actually helped uh, well, co-write Fascination. He, it was about a 50-50 split because there were some songs specifically right, but a couple other ones as well where David had very specific ideas for what he wanted in the backing vocals. So, like, he micro, or not micromanaged, he wrote the full backing vocals on some of the songs, and on the rest of them, Luther Vandross helped arrange them. Yeah. Mm. And for the record, uh, on this thing, on this soul experiment, on this plastic soul thing train that he gets on here, uh, he really nails a lot of the aspects of what made those soul records there. Mainly, and let's be real while we're talking about it, hiring uh, female vocalists that actually know how to give it that fucking soul power to it. Because the single, Young Americans, the song, regardless of where the album falls in the ranking, I think we can all admit that's a, a great, great song. Great-ass yeah. song. Um, yeah. And even, like, Wright, Wright's another pretty fucking <sighs> phenomenal yeah. song. Yeah. A fascination. I think those three are the ones that are... And Fame. You fame, know, at least four yeah. of it. Those four are all, like, no, hit really hard. I love Wind, for the record. That's just me. Uh, I Win is Win is like cheesy as hell, but I like it. That anyway. fucking sax line that comes up there, the like kind of echoing doo 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 doo. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean wow. it's it's wow. arranged immaculate. And I didn't even realize Beck fucking ripped off Deb uh, that to do Deborah. Oh yeah, yeah, which is fucking great. Yeah, the, like opening yeah. synth tones. Yeah, I mean I just think this is like primo David Bowie. This is like. He, when he, like, hits pop its hardest and, like, knocks it on its ass. Like, Fame is just a brilliant song. That's, like, Fame one of my one favorite of songs of all time. And I feel like just as a whole on this album, even on the maybe lesser tracks, like, Somebody Up There Likes Me yeah. or Can You Hear Me, like, he's still... I don't want necessarily to skip over them. Like, it's a very incredible listening I went online to, for this to look and see it but it, on a set list at them because it aggregates tour information right, right, yeah. and I wanted to see like what his most frequently performed songs on there and Fame is still his most frequently performed his most performed song over all of his tours which I think kind of speaks a lot I mean it's so it was his first major number one or his first major US single like uh -huh. top ten breaker and also if you just break down like the structure of that like it's the layers on that song are insane. At one point, there's up to, like, six guitars playing. And you want to talk about, like, a special brand of funk is that, you know, he has all these... It's all these really tiny little pieces. You know, yeah. similar to, like, how Prince is that. It's like, you know, you know, it's a few notes, and then it's about, like, what comes in and what comes out and creating space. And when one thing goes away, another thing comes into Phillips' mm -hmm. place. And so you'll just have these amazing, like, six awesome riffs just going over each other with a great John Lennon-assisted vocal. Yeah, it's fucking, I mean, it is a song, and of course, John Lennon also was a co-writer on it, too, because you gotta keep in mind, like, Bowie just worked with the greats, you know, he, I mean, there were so many different pop icons that came up and through and with Bowie that, like, for, of course, John Lennon would fucking co-write a song with him and it'd be a massive single, like, that makes sense, that's part of the echelon that he's in. Never sold as much as the artist that he worked with, but always still, again, had that influence on here. All together, personally... Yeah. 
Young Americans is a solid album. Let, let me say why I think it's at why I would I'd also put it at this number is that well I think all the songs are really good and I'm with I'm I'm with you on the uh, that I think all of these are all pretty excellent pretty perfect albums. It's just that compared to the next six, it's the only one that when I don't wrap it up, I have like this very special feeling or this journey of an album or this kind of like. I don't know, it's not as narrative as the other six that come on here, and I feel like they all kind of conclude in a way where, like, I feel like I had this journey or an experience by listening to a David Bowie record. This one, I'm just like, yeah, those are some great songs. I liked it. Yeah. The other six, I think I have such a stronger attachment to when I listen to them. Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. Like, I like Young Americans, I like Fame, but, like, as an album, I'm, it wasn't, like, hitting my particular aesthetic notes where I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, this. I'm like okay, this is Bowie sort of, like, experimenting again with something new. I don't know. I mean, like, now that now hearing you guys talk about it makes me want to go back and, like, experience what you guys experienced because, like, I feel like I missed something, but... But you know what you did not miss, seven. though? His fucking cover of Across the Universe is pretty <laughs> dog shit, okay? Nothing's gonna change my world. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty bad. Like, he really, if you didn't know anything about the Beatles and you listened to it, you'd be like, oh, that's a David Bowie song. He really Bowieizes it, but that's not a yeah, song you should Bowieize. He Bowieizes it to his detriment. He really like, does. I'd yeah. say a lot of his early covers he suffer from him either going too Bowie or not going Bowie enough. <laughs> I, would, yeah, yeah. I would actually, I would agree with that. Um, that being said, though, uh, you threw it on here, uh, and you know you agreed with it. Do you, what would you nominate in its place? Low. Low? Yeah. Ooh, there's I mean, so many more songs on Low that I like, though. Okay, in that case, Evan's gonna do the combo breaker here, if y'all don't mind. I'm gonna throw out something very controversial. I have no doubt about it. I'm gonna throw in my nomination for what I truly believe should be at number seven. Some maze no one else has brought up station to station at this point. I can't, can't do it. I have, I have to do it. Oh, let's dig into it. So, uh, station to station followed up Young Americans, as famously noted in the previous episode. Uh, it's the album that Bowie has no memory of making because oh. it was a very, apparently very coke-fueled little drain that he went yeah. on there. Yeah, he apparently, after leaving L.A., where he recorded Young Americans and station to station, um, he said that he wouldn't mind if the city burns to the ground. <laughs> Because it just, like, it fed into his coke addiction so intensely. He was just, like, doing so many drugs that he was in, like, an absolutely garbage place. And another side of this album is that there's so much occult imagery. Like, I didn't even realize until I started breaking down and researching the song where there's so much reference to Aleister Crowley's, like, the book that he wrote. Certain rituals. Station to Station is a reference to Stations of the Cross, so it's about Mm -hmm. going through the Stations of Death of death you know there's so much all these like this imagery on there and then when you're in la la's already like has like this weird creepy undertone like if you ever like read about like the weird why there's like these la cults and you talk about like the weird like you know supposed maybe like black dahlia-esque like like uh cult scene in like la like that whole thing is just kind of self-fueling into what he was already doing a cult stuff before and now he's like in a like what's considered like you know pop culturally speaking, one of, like, the darkest areas that you could be in. Right. And I think that did kind of feel for, like, what some of, like, these really manic songs are. And it's like... Yeah, and, and here's, the, here's the biggest thing about it, though, is that, like, a lot of... I mean, I think that it's very much a continuation of the Young American sound. He takes it to a different direction I don't think a lot of people are expecting. It's a little bit weirder, a little bit more proggier, a little bit crowdy, because, like, Station to Station, the actual song itself, a full ten-minute vamp, 
you know, like, kind of like it's going like it has the auspices, the that's ideas so... of like a soul song of like kind of I mean, there. It does have movements. Yeah. The problem is that it opens. It yes, it's like a ten and a half minute song, and it opens with a full minute of train noises, <laughs> and then it does two minutes and fifteen seconds of a vamp that doesn't change, like a full on vamp. Dude, it's a groove. It, okay. it's, like, it's, a gro- it's, it's a groove. I'm gonna put a put a, I'm gonna be put this forward right here. This album has two of my top five songs, and that is "Station to Station" and "Stay." Our two top our top five Bowie for me. Those songs are so fucking groovy and so like fucking on the edge of insanity. Like the fucking like once you get to that third part overture and you've got like the piano like, dun, 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 and like the drum mm-hmm. the drums are separated in a way that so everybody's trying to like again throw it in the space on there. Mm-hmm. That like you know it starts off at kind of slow and the more it keeps repeating through that groove at the end. It just keeps getting faster and faster. And here's a dude that's so insanely stimulated and, like, totally, like, not grounded that I fucking love the reflection of just how, like, just, like, how unhinged this whole thing is. There are sections of that song that totally work for me, but the problem is that it's just too fucking long. If it was, like, five and a half minutes of, like, the those best mm-hmm. portions, I'd be on board. But there's just, like... There's a lot of dead weight there. Uh, and it just kind of like, it bogs down the song and stops me from enjoying the parts that I do think have merit. I, I find that some of the extendedness is more, like, I know when I see it, it's kind of like part of like, you know, a more traditional kind of funk groove that when you do get into the sly and the family sound stuff, that there's a certain thing about repetition when it comes to funk and groove right. music. I also think that these are also even more prototypical of what you get like on Remain in Light. Like, I think Stay, like, the riff from Stay is, like, basically kind of, like, songs like Cross-Eyed and Painless, I feel like, are also ripped off from that when you get to Remain in Light. I do also want to say that even though I'm ripping on the title yeah. track, Station to Station, I also would say that, like, Golden Years and Stay are well, in Well, Golden top Years! Like, yeah. Top, like, I almost, seven. Yeah. It's almost like, for me, when I'm talking about this album, I'm almost, like, talking about it with the exception of Golden Years in there. Because, like, again, with some of the... Even when he went fucking weird, he had a great knack for, like, as weird as this album gets, don't worry, I'm putting a gold-quality single on, like, almost all of these. He just drops these... Yeah. He wasn't yeah. even gonna record that song, though. He yeah. wrote it for Elvis, and Elvis didn't want it. Fuck oh, Elvis. Yeah. And, so, and I think that actually sort of informed his Thin White Duke character. Yeah. Which um, comes up on here. Mm, yeah. yeah. Isn't this where he debuted? Yeah, they're like, yeah. in Station yeah. of Station. And that's he like references the, yeah. it. Yeah. of the Thin White Duke. For me, I felt like, okay, so like, what I said about the man who sold the world is like, Bowie trying something new and it not working. Mm-hmm. I feel like Station to Station is him trying something new experimenting and it totally nailing it like he, okay. he's like it's sort of hitting all the right notes where young americans doesn't hit the right notes for me like station to station like he's trying something weird and it's working for me so that's why like i don't know station to station and low like it just i don't know, i, just I wouldn't put it. station to station quite this low um because i also on top of stay being just fucking yeah. incredible and totally like an underrated track i can't believe i'd never heard it before mm-hmm. i also think Word on a Wing is, like, one of really the better, slow. like, it's just an absolutely gorgeous, like, one of the best slower, like, emotional songs he's ever mm. recorded. But then it also, ha- like, on the flip side of that, Wild is the Wind. The fucking just, Johnny Mathis That one never, that never one literally, clicks. That, that, one Johnny that one didn't is click it? with me until literally three hours ago when <laughs> I listened to it. When I listened to it, I'm thinking, no, if you would have asked me, like, yesterday, I would have been like, yeah, I think that's the only weak thing is it's got kind of weak closer. But I think, like, 
by I, I don't know. I th- I think I kind of saw the similarities between that, but I'll even give you that it's like the kind of the weakest one. Yeah. And so that's that's why I I wouldn't put it quite this yeah. low, but it it I'm, does suffer from only being six songs. Here, let me say I am more I am more in the support that I would put Station ahead of Low, at the very least. I you would put like, Station to Station above ahead of Low, like I think above, it's a, above Low. Okay. Yes. I, I, even though. You like I said, have, yeah. the first side again, because the first side of low is like we have the, it's, we have it's good, but it's yeah. not like I'm not. It's not like I'm like you don't game changing. Yeah, as the, much as the back half of low is there. All right, well, do you have any random like yeah, suggestions, Bobby? About, please, you think it's I mean, still, yeah, shit, man. I, know. I I agree. I knew we were gonna hit a quagmire. It was gonna happen. We're talking about Bowie. I don't think we should put station to station or low at number seven. I think if we can't agree, I mean, why why not go back to heroes and put heroes at number seven? I don't... It just doesn't feel right. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, legitimately, like, I understand that impulse there on that end. I, again, I think we're kind of in this thing because we there's a couple albums that we haven't really explicitly mentioned by name at this point, and I didn't even necessarily think we were... I don't even know how those are going to work out, but I think we're kind of in this quagmire of, like, this range of albums because I think... I don't know. I mean... Go ahead. If we're pulling Young Americans down here... And we none of us can agree on these albums. I'm gonna say Aladdin Sane. I was. Good. I think it's worth like considering. We all. I think we all would all agree Aladdin Sane is a very good yeah. record. It surprised me a lot, even though it doesn't have really any truly iconic songs on it for mm-hmm. me. Other than but, Gene Genie, but that's not as iconic. But Gene Genie, Gene Genie, sure, it's it's an yeah. iconic David Bowie song, but it's not, it's not innovative. Icon, yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's not culturally iconic. It has a fucking amazing guitar solo. And a good video. Amazing. Uh, I'm but, gonna second Aladdin Sane being for number seven. It remind it, it sort of made me feel like a coked up, unfocused version of Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders on Mars. Mm-hmm. The character, the album cover is Ziggy Stardust, right? Like that's the Ziggy yeah. Stardust character on the cover. Yeah, so the guy with the lightning bolt yeah. on the head. Yeah, the so like one. it's just not. It's not the Ziggy Stardust album. Let's just like let's talk about like the, you know, the inception of the album for a second though. Like so you know, this is the follow up of Ziggy Stardust, and like you said, yeah. it really is kind of like the more coked up one. And he recorded, he wrote a lot of these while touring the Ziggy Stardust mm-hmm. record. And he's, you know, you know, like, you know, things are really taking off. His career is kind of just moving super fast. It's also, it's insane how fucking busy he is from 1971 oh to 1973. Yeah. So he wrote Hunky Dory and Ziggy Stardust pretty much at the same time. And then after he did those two, while he did Aladdin Sane, also produced Transformer by Lou, Lou Reed. Reed. So he made, so I mean, like, he's... did com- he re- produce the Iggy Pop shit during this period? That's yeah. during, that's, isn't that before... I think that's two years afterwards, but around that same time, he also produced the Moth the Hoople album as well. Uh, and gave them all the young dudes, which became their, like, only so major... it's endeavor. insane how many iconic songs are coming out of here, but I Guys, agree. Coke, it's amazing. You should try it. <laughs> I think, we'll do a, great I think Aladdin Sane does also because like talked a this bunch of times. This podcast does not endorse Coke. Qualifier, <laughs> qualifier. He's really good at like talk, like creating like this anxious, like overwhelming experience, and it does kind of feel like like Z- Ziggy Stardust on the road, and it's like fuck, we got to get to the next city, and it does kind of feel like every song is like in a good way is like fuck, we got somewhere we need to be, and we need to fucking get there. For example, Panic in Detroit. Yeah. Or yeah. Cracked Actor. Cracked 
actor is the name a of his live fucking album. stunning motherfucker of a song. Oh my god. That is my revelation this week is how fucking good Cracked Actor is a song. Crack, baby, crack! Mm. Like, oh my god, that fucking chorus is like sleaze and sluttiness and weirdness and everything crammed together all at once. It's, it's good. My <laughs> my big pull away from this album was actually Lady Grinning Soul. When it has that, like, full, like, piano trill. There's a lot of piano trills on this yeah. motherfucker, okay, though, by the way. but I feel like, <laughs> and I, again, speaking of songs that informed a, a band's entire career, mm-hmm. Lady Grinning Soul and Radiohead, maybe? Mm-hmm. A little bit? A little, little bit? bit? Yeah. Um, the way that yeah. melody yeah, lilts yeah, and the way that he forms yeah. the yeah. sound. My favorite from this was, like, a... This is a you know, prettiest star. Yes, it's like John one, Harvey. It's like this one where it's like, where it's like you know, because Moon Age Daydream is maybe like one of my favorites off Ziggy, and yeah. I don't care if it's like if it's, if it's similar, just like you know the that's like some of Ronson's best riffage yeah. going on there. And yeah. I have a story about the prettiest star. Pretty so stellar. like, it's not a song that I knew before I DJed that Bowie Bowie night uh-huh. DJ night. This this girl in the crowd like I'm people were coming up to me and like requesting songs all night and it was great and I was like is that like I don't know I'd have to ask them like is this a banger is this gonna make everyone like leave the dance floor what like because some of them I just didn't know Mm -hmm. and so this girl like was like can you play the prettiest star I was like is that like a good one and she was like yeah and then I played it and it was like amazing and she like I don't know she did you she didn't do me, okay. but like there was this moment, like at the end of the night when she left, and she was she like waved goodbye, and Sean was like, "That girl loves you," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so like ever since then, like I don't know, it's, it's a good, it's a good dance number. It's a good dance number. If you're but, DJing and you want to get like you want to get like the romantic dance, like that's yeah, a good one yeah. to throw on. And, yeah. But the other thing though is that I feel like, especially on a couple of these songs here, it's like there's a lot of stonesy stuff that goes on, like a little bit with uh, Ziggy, but a lot more with Aladdin. Also, let's spend the night together. It's Best version yeah. of that song. Oh it's God, so, yeah! It's, it's like, like he just gives a fuck you to them of like I can do your song better, and it's just he could. Yeah. This whole record feels kind of live. Like I feel like they're being yeah, all yeah, recorded yeah. it as once, and that's why I kind of yeah. like about it is because this record more than any of them except maybe kind of station to station, and I'd say even more Lad Insane makes you want to go see live Bowie. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's like, oh, fuck, I want to go to a Bowie show. Or more importantly, it's that thing that, like, a lot of other, act- like, bands, they're out there, they have amazing live shows, but sometimes when they get to the studio, they can't capture that energy mm-hmm. or whatever. This feels like the capturing of a live band's energy. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy and sometimes a little bit off, you know, like, I don't need the song Aladdin scene with its, again, crazy piano yeah, interludes, nah. which kind of go all yeah. over the fucking place. I think but, like, everything from Panic in Detroit on, onwards, though, I love yeah. all the songs, I like all the songs, but Panic in Detroit on, then you're just, it's a solid album from there on out. Right, and which is why I was very surprised to hear you see another Can I suggest my, my unpopular opinion that oh, I know is not going to go through? I'm going to go Ziggy Stardust and the right, like the rise I, and fall. You're saying that for number, number seven? seven? Number seven. I mean, if we're already uh. throwing it back, I think it's more because I think the first three songs, fucking incredible top tier. The last three songs, you know, best ever. I just don't really care for Starman through no. Hang On what? To Yourself. No. Okay, so let's, you know, we're just talking about it before nominating anything. Let's just talk a little bit about Ziggy Stardust here. Because after the pop breakthrough that was Hunky Dory, and that was like Bowie, like he had hit songs before. Hunky Dory, he was having big hits. He was yeah. getting that audience. That was him on the cover with the long flowing hair. Yeah. He was moving on to the dress imagery. And it's amazing because after the little bit of the hard rock that he discovered on Man You Sold the World, he's like, okay, I can do pop again. But he did it a lot 
more on his own terms. This isn't the debut by any means. He went a lot more queer. He went a lot more weird. He went a lot... I mean, like, there's some weird-ass shit on here. You can really feel a lot more of his influences. Like, I mean, we talked about a little bit of the Bob dylan -y nature of some stuff on Space Oddity. Then you have Song for Bob Dylan, which is, like, more of a legit homage. And then follow that with Queen Bitch, and then you have, like, you have all these different things in here. But once you realize that as a woman, he's getting attention, as he's touring with the hype, he has the persona of a rock star. So how do you launch a rock star? What if you're already famous? And the whole idea of Ziggy Stardust, it wasn't the fact, like, here's a new rock star for you to worship. The idea was that here's this content out of this rock star that was already famous coming down to Earth. And when you saw him on television, when you saw this thin white man with this, like, crazy orange hair on television, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Because especially, and you look at, like, early 1970s, yeah, it was, like, hippie flower culture, but literally, what the fuck is that that's on my TV screen right now? No <laughs> one knew what it was. It truly did feel like an alien was here, and people were fascinated to it. So he built his own narrative about a rock star, and then it actually happened, which is kind of like Prince with Purple Rain. Like, the kid's gonna get famous by the end of the movie, but all the songs build up to it. He's famous. He becomes mm -hmm. a superstar because of that thing. It's the idealized rock star routine. It's happened before. It's amazing. And so... It's also incredibly self-actualized. Yes! In like, it's kind of... Like, it's kind of... Most people can never, will never be able to do that where it's like, I'm going to become a rock star by just declaring myself and creating right. the mythology from it's scratch. It's not like thing. anybody was ever being like, like, I'd also, again, another probably hot take on this. I think this is the first time that Bowie is actually like cool, cool. Like I think yeah. he's like fun. Yeah. I think he's like he's yeah. like he's like oh talented, cool, like hunky dory. Like he's cool because he's a good songwriter and they're good songs. But yeah. I think like this is like the first Red. one where he's like right. real cool. Well, okay, and that brings up because if we're talking about it, and all the albums that we're talking about, by the way, we've got for potential number sevens though, I do want to think about there was a good Chuck Klosterman quote in one of his books where he talked about the idea of a good rock band versus a cool rock band. Like he, like in his book, he put out the argument of like, okay, let's go say you were going to go see yeah the concert to see either the Eagles or the White Stripes, and this is like the time when White Stripes mm -hmm. was still fucking hot as hell, and he's just like you know like because you know whatever you have to say about the Eagles, they're still at least a good rock band, but they're not cool. White Stripes are a cool rock band. Which show would you rather go see? Mm -hmm. And almost all the times, you want to see the cool rock band. Like, even if sometimes if a band isn't even necessarily quote-unquote good, if they're exchanging, if they're speaking in the currency of cool, that goes a long way. And not, not saying I'm putting Ziggy Stardust mm -hmm. at number seven. I'm personally not putting it at number one, but that's its own thing. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say about it, though, it's a cool fucking album. Mm -hmm. It is not flawless. I am. Um, that is my one of the yeah, things I want to Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to sort of echo what you said at the beginning, John Harvey, in that I think that it opens incredibly and it closes really strongly. And then there's this like three song lull in the mid middle of It Ain't Easy, Lady Stardust, Star, that are passable David Bowie songs. Mm -hmm. But then everything else on here, the like screaming finale of five years, obviously the riff on Moon Age Daydream yeah. is like, <laughs> all, like best of all time. Um, I mean, dude, Suffrage, Suffrage in City is such a good fucking Oh my rocker. god. And it's yeah, like yeah. one of his like, best rockers. I mean, that's one of the best yeah. rockers of all time. Yeah. Elton John wishes he could do that, and um, he tried over and over again and never did. And, like, like, it also feels weird to, like, even talk about the song Ziggy Stardust, because I feel like that song has become so iconic that, like, even in the context of this discussion we're having right now, like, I have nothing to say to it. Like, it's fucking it's, cool. Right. It's, exactly. it's, it's still, it's exceedingly cool. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing I'll also give the other reason why I kind of put this one here is that I feel like, you know, Bowie on top of being the great pop writer is also, you know, 
you know, he's like very avant-garde, and I feel like, you know, Aladdin Sane is definitely the more avant-garde of the two. I think, like, most of our, structurally, most of the songs on, on Ziggy Stardust are pretty simple. You know, there's not, like, really much experimentation in the sense right. of that. It's just, it's just good songs. Straight up songs. Some of them, sometimes yeah. the songwriting in that regard, I, like, why maybe I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but I mean, like, when you know what Bowie can do, it seems kind of tame in comparison. I would say that I would not have put Five Years as the opening track of that album. <laughs> it feels yeah. like a closer to me. It feels like a closer. It's long, it's slow, it's depressing. I would put Ziggy Stardust as the opening track of Ziggy Stardust. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a good call. Yeah. I also will say, I think Soul Love, which I love, I think Lady Stardust and Soul and Soul Love are kind of just, just ripping little, off each other. A little bit. Is this too similar on the album? Yeah. I mean, they're spaced out enough that it doesn't necessarily feel like it, but if you had a different track listing where you put them right together, yeah, I would like, eh, it's a little bit mixed. Yeah, Bobby, so, what, what are your thoughts on Ziggy Stardust altogether? I think it's great. I would say it's like my top four, so okay. I would not put it in number seven. Although now that I'm saying that, I'm wondering if maybe five years is supposed to be the setting that allows for the Ziggy Stardust no, that's what, to arrive. No, that's what it is, because it's about, you know, the world ending in five ah, years. I need to go back. Five, I need to go back yeah, and realize yeah, the this. next. Yeah. Okay, so guys, listen, listen, listen. We've been talking about a lot of different albums here. And ultimately, though, again, we are the chart talkers, and we are going to come to a, like, vague consensus here. So I think in order to proceed, I think there's some stuff that we're all going to have to give up along the way to do it. So if like if we are to make the first move, let me just throw something out there. Let me know what y'all think of it. I'm just putting it out there. First off, number seven, low. Number six, Heroes. I think yeah. Heroes is a better yeah. record than Aladdin. Sing. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so number seven, low at least. I I like this one. After we've talked about all these things, because again, here's where I'm right. Here's where I'm at. It's okay. more like I know it's like kind of like a, a dumb thing to be self conscious about, but like. You know, again, because these are all impeccable albums, who wants to be the guy to put low at right. number seven? Right. <laughs> Karen, Karen wanted to put low at ten. Yeah. Let's rank low at number seven. I Let's would, put Heroes at number seven. Can we put... Mm. I'd say... I'd rather almost do Aladdin saying low, just for the sake of... Consent. Like, putting these... Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, for the casual listeners who are, like, listening in, because, like, sometimes... But guys... All we did was gush about Aladdin Sane. Yeah. We yeah. nominated it for number seven and then just we talked, talked about, about how awesome good it is. We yeah. didn't complain about, like, I mean, we complained about the title track. Yeah. But even not Watch that, that, man's that fucking strongly. Great. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing about Aladdin Sane is that it's, it's it. like the coked up, unfocused version of Ziggy Stardust. So, okay. like, but I keep like, saying that. But that's, that's still better than both Low and Heroes. I disagree. I thought Low is great. Whereas uh, Aladdin Sane is, is seven. I okay. would say Heroes or Aladdin Sane is number seven. I know. I got Heroes at my number one. Whoa. Yeah, heroes. heroes has always Spoiler. been my favorite. I got Station to Station at two. Oh my god. Wait, yeah. We can't get this Did far. We've done that? I mean, no, I'm just saying. I mean, we've talked about all of them I, at this as point. One thing yeah. that I learned right. from listening to the podcast, especially, like, I remember I used to think that you had to, keep your, you had to keep your cards to yourself, but it became way more interesting when everybody was just, like, tossing their I mean, shit out yeah, on the table. Especially if it's about to get buried at number seven. You're just, yeah. like, you gotta fight for it. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I guess that's the other question. What... I mean, I think to decide where we're going, what does everybody have going towards the Young Americans movie? is my number one. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. Hunky Dory is my number one. We haven't even talked about Hunky Dory yet. Hunky That's Dory because has, it's definitely it's not number definitely seven. It's definitely not seven. Yeah, exactly. Because there's seven. no fucking way that shit is number um, seven. No. Right, exactly. No. Um, so that being said, 
not discounting everyone's favorite albums altogether, I do think, and again, these are all great. Number seven, number six. Unless there's someone really that throwing an argument out there that can make it happen, I do think we have to be, it's Berlin Trilogy. Like, I think we at least, at the very least, Lowe has to be part of the discussion somehow. I and I hate that, and I hate I that because put, I, I love the put, back I would end. still put a low Aladdin Sane Heroes at the very least. I can take that. Or at least Station to State, if you need to put it there. Station to Station or Heroes. Bobby. I would say Heroes at number seven. And then... And then... Actually, no, fuck it. I'd put Young Americans there. Fuck that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Young we forgot about that. We got Young it. Americans. Yeah. Let's do it. Young Americans. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Evan, what do you think? <laughs> I'm trying to suss everything out as best as we can. You know what? I think, again, this might ultimately have to come down to a little bit of an outvoting situation in some particular situations. Now, I am. You gotta kind of, kind of just have to make a decision. Yeah, I just say we do low at number seven. Or do you, the, want, or do you want to vote and put Young Americans at yeah, number let's seven? Yeah, Young Americans. <laughs> okay. I mean, if we're talking about a Young Americans at number seven? I could be swayed. <laughs> I would more want to put low at number seven. You want to do yeah. low young American? Or I could do that. I, I could do seven it. six. Low Aladdin Sane, young Americans heroes. Let's just do two. Yeah, the, the I'm I'm kind of okay with that. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know what we just low, said. Yeah. Low, low at number seven. seven. Aladdin Sane at six. I'd still rather put I'd still rather put Ziggy before young Americans at five, five. and. Heroes at four. This is not how I feel at all. This is the opposite of how I feel. I know you want heroes at seven. I want heroes or Latin Saint or Young Americans as number seven. <laughs> <laughs> These are the riveting, riveting podcasts. Okay, Aladdin Saint. Okay, how about this one? Aladdin Saint at seven. Can we agree on that? Yes. Sure. Why not? Low at six. Can we agree on heroes that? at five? What about low at five? Heroes at six. I just think I still think Heroes is overall the better, the more consistent album. All right, I do too. I'm saying but let's just at the very least let's put Low at number six. Yeah, but I love Low. I do yeah, like Low too. I think now we're getting to the yeah. voting part. Yeah, where there's it's like, like three people voting for Low at six. Is that yeah. correct? All right, all right. So let's do that, and then at the very least, I think as heartbreaking as it is, I think we can all vote for Young Americans at number five at the very least. Yeah, I really don't want to, but fine. Yeah, I mean we're again we're all giving up little pieces of ourselves in order to bring up Dude, to I mean, that's what there. happens when you get to a discography that's this I know, exactly, because good. here's the thing. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, because this was going to be a thing that was going to be happening, there are so many shades and so many different styles of David Bowie coming together. Everyone has a different entry point. Everyone has an album that they're going to hold to their heart and fight for it. So Taryn having Young Americans at number one, he is totally right, and that is a fucking amazing album. But we're also running into other fucking amazing albums, though. Like, the thing is, my feeling about I'm okay I just, with... I yeah. really want to put Heroes Below Young Americans. <laughs> uh, and see, like, it's one um, of the things... I love a lot of Young Americans. I, I can't do that. There's still enough, like, lower parts of Young Americans. I mean, depends. Like, do you me. feel okay with Station to Station, then Young Americans? Or are you guys like, Station oh, I would, to Station is number three? Oh, I wait. Say, you, want, you want to put Station to Station I'm, number I, five? I, I mean, if, if we're... I like, would be totally fine with that. <laughs> I mean, it depends. I guess it's up to Bobby if that's happening. Yeah, Bobby. Wait, what was the thing that you said before? Oh, God, I don't remember. Heroes, bef Young Americans, and then Heroes. Young Americans, number four, Heroes, number five. 
I mean, what I would want to do is put Young Americans at three and then Station to Station at four and Heroes at five. I would do that. What? I would still, let's see, Station to Station above Heroes? Yeah. Heroes five, Station to Station four, Young Americans three. I would still prefer it above that, but Evan, where do you stand on that? One that by me one more time. Oh my god. Okay. Heroes at probably five. <laughs> yeah. To station to station at four. Mm-hmm. Young Americans at three. No. No. Okay, fine. Leave Young Americans at five. <laughs> Heroes at four, station to station at three. Yes. In my perfect world, I would switch Heroes and Station to Station, but for the sake of consensus, I could go with that. Okay. Yeah. Go with that? I mean, yeah, I think okay. we need to kind of move. Through. Exactly, I know. And audience, I thank you so much for listening for it, listening to it right now. So, are you putting so station station at four? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is the most this is the most ludicrous thing of all time. And again, I knew this was going to be happening going into it, right? This is wait, is that you, what we said? No, yeah. Station to station. No. Yeah. Station to station at three. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm pretty equal on station and heroes. I think I just personally, I, I, I just feel stronger about heroes. But I think they're both equally as good yeah. albums. I know they both. They both are like you know they both feature that like kind of really like overwhelming quality that I love most that David Bowie does. Yeah. And like and here's the other thing, guys. I want you to really realize something here is that as much as we are talking about these albums here, like the first episode was a lot easier because I feel like the David the shit of David Bowie is a lot yeah. easier to kind of parse together. But like when I'm looking at seven six five four three looking at Aladdin Sane. None of it looks right. Right. It's all wrong. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure we all feel that it's all wrong. Especially because I would not put... These would not have been my pick for one and two. But whatever. Right. But at the same time, like, I have the same... It's just... I just think, yeah. It is so... He is all over different places. He has so many different genres and styles that, like, I can't... As much as it's weird. Would you rather have Ziggy Stardust at three, station to station two? Well, I'm not putting stations. It's, shut the fuck up. I'm not. I've already like listen. Station station made its way up to number three. You can take that as your birthday present, okay? It's like listen, station station. As we talked about, like there's a lot of things on there. I can't put it any fucking higher than that. I am saying that right now. Would you put Ziggy at six and Low at two? No. Mm-hmm. Like, that, 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 <laughs> Barbie, are you, are you the hipster trickster here trying to throw fire into the? Feel, so do you feel that strongly about Ziggy Stardust? No, if I had my druthers, Ziggy Stardust would be four or five. I I think Ziggy Stardust is is great, and I am glad that it's in the top two. <laughs> I think, I know I think we could bump up everything up and put Ziggy at five, and then move everything up a notch. Should, uh, yeah. Okay, to before we do that, let's talk about Hunky Dory. Okay, Hunky Dory is great. Okay, now here's the thing. Hunky Dory, man. I feel like here's the one thing about that. As much as like every single different album that we've talked about is basically done in a style of something like that. There's a little bit more of the rock style, a little bit more kind of like the disco musical style or like the plastic soul style. Hunky Dory, as weird as it is, and I don't really feel like there's a Bowie album that really does this in the same way. Feels like a nice encapsulation of a lot of his different styles. I'm not saying it like it's still overall a straightforward pop album to a degree. But it still feels like a lot of elements coming together yeah. in a fast, in a weird summationary way. It very much feels like his major label debut to me. Mm-hmm. In the sense that it has two incredible, forward-thinking, 
pop singles in Changes and Life on Mars. And three, the, I mean, you opened Pretty Things as well. I love Oh, the fuck that out sounds of Pretty That I think yeah. is one of the best on the record. Yeah. yeah. I think it's better. I like that one more than Changes. Well, I was just talking about but, specifically, like, yeah. actual, his giant hits. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, Life on Mars is sort of an insane pop song. It was, in the fact, it just... It doesn't key change per se, but it feels like it does because every time the chord structure should resolve down, he resolves it up instead. And like, yeah, yeah and also it just it keep there's so many sections to it. It's also kind of based off Frank Sinatra's "My Way," which is ripped off this other popular French song that I'm not going to bother trying yeah. to pronounce. Probably Jacques Brel. And uh, you know, guess. even in the liner notes of the album, it says "dedicated to Frankie." And but yeah. it's it's like you know Bowie being like this great thief. He's like instead of singing it. Instead of singing it the way Frank does, you know, let's just bring the note up higher. You know, this song, you know, Pitchfork in their recent, you know, best out songs of the 70s put this at number one. Which, I mean, I would still probably put Heroes because I think that's probably, you know. Yeah. It, it, Heroes for me is like the culmination song. Everything in his career that he learned, like, you want to. The end of the all movie. All the tricks, kind, all the skills. End of the movie yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. It's like, uh, yeah. but uh, I would say that I, I don't even hate that it's there because I think it's one of the most well written songs of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Lyrically, it's impeccable. Like, you know, the music video is fucking great, like, where yeah. he's, like, in that blue suit, and I think it and really... large blue, like, you know, like, uh, eyeliner. It's just all the ideas started making sense, and it was funny, while I was listening to this album, I was listening to um, Andy Warhol, and I'm like, and I'm like, holy shit, you oh. know... You know, oh, David yeah. Bowie also kind of totally inspired heavy metal with this shit because hmm. you get if you think of like the like you know if you think of a band like Iron Maiden it's uh-huh. like Iron Maiden before they became like you know got a little bit like on the progier end it was like kind of more of just a rock band but like you know they were very British about it it's very self referential uh-huh. like uh, referencing history and shit and like the like uh, Andy Warhol silver screen yeah. put him on my wall like dude that's like that's like the fucking like base premise for Iron Maiden it's like exceptionally British referential and I'm like yeah dude it just but that looping figure when he does the ha like it's kind of like this like warble yeah. kind of like this thing and like the, the way he finds that vocal hook and for the record he played it for Andy Warhol Andy Warhol fucking hated it yeah uh, and he said like I get yeah, it, like he was broken by it but yeah. like exactly also did you guys see the movie Basquiat about Jean-Michel Basquiat where David Bowie plays uh, Andy Warhol no yep. I did not yep it's amazing and I rented it on VHS until they started selling their VHS's and then I bought the VHS oh I still will say with this record though the songs that I don't like on it I really like really, fill your really heart, don't the Paul fill Williams it. ones just fill your mind and everybody okay so <laughs> I had this thing today because we had watched like a couple documentaries about him this week and every single one of them of course mentioned the Elephant Man performance mm. oh. on Broadway I- and yeah. he, he, I'm he did, he not didn't do any going makeup. to try to recreate this voice, I'll try. but it is very... What like, is the problem that you'll see? <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing is, like, the whole idea is that, you know, uh, Merrick, he's this horribly deformed man, and for this performance... But pretty, it's not just that. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty, like, pretty David Bowie. Of, like, weird... He <laughs> twisted his body, and he tried to do his voice, too, where, like, you're not sure, like, are you, are you going retarded? Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't even know, like, what you're trying to do, but, like, it's this whole kind of thing. He's just, like, it's just weird and alien and dissonant and kind of weird. And... and- and so he his his vocals on this album remind me of that a little bit because it's in that same like high Hi, pinched place. Hey, yeah. Like if you think about the like highest uh, vocal recording on Andy Warhol, mm-hmm. or like yeah, when he's like, and you'll be free. <laughs> um, and it's just like I can't unhear it now, yeah. and it's sort of. I also it's I so don't I zappy. 
I don't buy kooks. I know. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh no! Yeah, somebody that's straight up a Cat Stevens song. No, it's a Neil Young song, dude. It's it's a ripoff of uh, "Till the Morning Comes" off of "After the Gold." Even that, it's like an update. It's even then, it's like a fucking update of his own "Join the Gang," where like he's kind of talking about like this whole outsider art type thing. But here, instead of him just being like, "Come and join the gang," like in this whole fucking whimsical style, here he is. He's talking about like you know, like you know, be a part of us. I'll give you the rule book of like things to say when people insult you. And it's like lyrically, it's just. A completely different thing. It's this warm embrace of an album in a way where it's like, well, he's always been the freak. Here he's like, it's okay to be a freak on this album. Like, uh, no, but like, dude, like, I'm not done t- shitting on Kooks for no, a second, ahead, man. Dude, fucking like, and the band Kooks for that. It's just like, uh, it's just like, uh, I feel like the fact that it never, that he never played it again after 1970 kind of speaks about that one. Or he's just like, it's like, I don't buy that he's like. Okay, so because he, he's like, oh, I'm a songwriter. I have to write a song about my son. So he does it. And he's just like, hey, it's me, a kooky David Bowie dad, and your kooky David Bowie mom, and don't go get in any fights, because if you've seen your dad, I'm, I'm dressed as a woman. It's yeah. like, it's all, like, I don't fucking buy any you of it. You can not buy it, it's, but other people not a, fucking it's not will. A, like, it's still, song. it's a great song. But more importantly, though, uh, it's also, this is an album that's also dovetailed at the very end with fucking Queen Bitch. Uh, and that is just like a, a aside from a song that is like deliberately specifically pointing out like Lou Reed the Velvet Underground like I can do it too like it's just so loving and just so fiery and just like it's a simple straight ahead dumb rock number that is brilliant in what it tries to do in such a short amount and of time and used perfectly in the live aquatic with Steve's which is like when I hear this like yeah of course it's a fucking song that's gonna be in a Wes Anderson movie like yeah. it feels like that but like especially like when that Gatus guitar when that electric comes in and it's sn- gnarly and ugly and yeah. fucking weird and like it kind of works in that sense too and that's and that like true rock guitar isn't in very many places on this record mm-hmm. which is i think part of another reason it stands out so much i think that also speaks to what you're saying is like each song shows you what he can do throughout his career and this is his sort of ziggy like the queen bitch is his ziggy stardust Proto-Genesis, uh, yeah. I guess yeah. I'm more, the reason I'm more surprised about this one being so high, well, I do think it's, like, even, like, a top fiver. Like, I just don't think it's very, again, like, indicative, like, where his talents could go, in but, a sense. But I feel like it has all of the good, like, banger singles that I, not, like, banger bangers, but, like, those early pop gems that I'm like, oh, every song is great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I, that... that is why it ended up being very high for me. I've, where just every song yeah. was just great. And there's no, there's like very little filler. If yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think that there's any album on here that I would say straight through is like free of filler. You know, like I think that as much as we, as, as much as we've talked about everything, and even you know your beloved Ziggy Stardust, like I agree with John Harvey, that middle section still is a little weak there. But mm-hmm. like the the parts that hit really fucking hit really well. Like Soul Love yeah. is still a fucking great ass song. Yeah. So, and that's why it's like, as much as like, again, we could talk about the greatness that is uh, Spiders from Mars, Hunky Dory still feels like, in many ways, it's kind of a weird one album best of in a way that I don't think some of his other albums exactly have accomplished. Not only from a songwriting standpoint, but also stylistically. We barely even talked about Oh You Pretty Things. Oh, this rambly little fucking piano number that feels it's like... It's so Paul McCartney. It is! But, like, I kind of love that because, like, Paul McCartney wouldn't have a song like Queen Bitch on his album either, you know? Very true. I yeah. Don't know. I think we should yes. put Ziggy Stardust at five and bump everything up. I disagree. Taryn. 
I mean, again, we all knew we can, we can move up the Young Americans to number four. <laughs> but it's secretly, he's getting station to station <laughs> up to that's number why three. I haven't said no yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I, 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 I think they're totally fine. And it's just in between the two, I would still just I be mean, like, I, 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 I don't want either of them to be at number one. That's kind of the. But yeah. I like don't. There, we won't agree on putting anything else there. Right, we all so, have wildly divergent number one. I'm Karen, what would you put at number one? Young Americans. What would you put as your second number one? My second number one? you mean your one? number two? <laughs> Not your number two. Your second, your second choice. Your second choice for number one. Um, fuck, I guess it's Hunky Dory. I think... Sequ- I've been, here's the whole reason I brought John Harvey and Bobby Evers into this, though, because, like, especially in listening to All Week and having all the feelings that I have with all these different albums, I wanted to hear the arguments there, because, like... I just the, think that all the iconicism hunky-dory is in the first five. All of the... But, like, for me... No, but... but about Andy fucking Warhol! Song, right. song for Bob and, Dylan, Andy Warhol. I mean, I mean song for Bob Dylan is the only favorite. one that's, like, fucking amazing. I, Andy Warhol is good, but I don't think, like, any of them are amazing. I really like besides Queen Bitch. too. I, and my, no, after, man, after quicksand, quicksand is fucking incredible. Yeah. Quicksand is fucking. And like, and that's if we're like, talking about like the yeah. the incredible like masterclass arranger yeah. that was going to show up on other albums. Like, yeah. that's I I will agree with you that this hunky dory is it's very it's a lot more simplistic. It's pretty pop. It's very early seventies, but it's still it's just. Such a great listening experience. And yeah, and that's, voting between the. Uh, sorry, go on. Uh, and that's the biggest thing for me is like I wanted you guys on here to give me arguments to toss other things out there to argue about Young Americans, to argue about low and other I, things. Because for me, at the end of the day, I think secretly I knew Hunky Dory was my number one, and I just wanted someone to convince yeah. me that it wasn't. But even after all of this, and especially I, after the discovery of everything about Latin Saint that I love, I'm like. It's fucking hunky dory. I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm just more. Don't think I want. I'm. I'm more okay with Ducky Dory up one. I still like in, in the part. You already have station to station. I was saying three, that I just, the sheer force of will. I still think hunk, hunky. I now I'm just being difficult. I would still put. <laughs> I still put Ziggy Stardust ahead of Hunky Dory. But like neither of these would be like my one and two, which is weird. I'd even put Young Americans above both of these. <laughs> <laughs> You're just complicating I everything. Know. You're in every It's a complicated discussion. Disca- he was a complicated guy, <laughs> Evan. <laughs> they're so good. They're all so good. I mean, God, dude. Yeah, these. I mean, like, even Aladdin Sane, we agreed that it was number seven, but it's a way better album than Low and Heroes to me. So, like. Yeah, and like yeah. everything's all up on the wizard. And the thing is, everything's like, wrong. I know. And the biggest <laughs> thing is that I know for a fact that people, like, when they post their own list hey, of guys. favorite Bowie albums on our Facebook page, it's going to be fucking hey, insane. Hey guys, I had a thought. Maybe you shouldn't rank art. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? But, but John Harvey, we yeah. could be having. Sean, yeah. Should we vote to disassemble <laughs> the photographers forever? Scrap the list. I mean, yeah. A, at that <laughs> point, for A, for one, you do not have the authority to do that. Even ask the most frequent guests. So, I'm so happy we can have you on both of your last episodes as guests on the Chartographers. A little bit of subterfuge going on here. Wonderful. Um, guys, listen, uh, we've been talking about it for almost an hour now Just at this point. In. Exactly. Number one, Hunky Dory. Number two, Ziggy Stardust. Boom. Ooh, guys, listen. And the thing is that, like, I would it's argue. Wrong. This ranking is it's wrong. It's funny because like, we all we, agree. We can still bump Ziggy Stardust to five any moment. We got 
Boom, it's, it's like, locked. It's locked. But then Station to Station would be at number two, and that I can't agree with. It's just with. so funny I, because, like, I wanted these as my number one and number two, number two, and to do that, I had to give up my middle ones. All I had your to middle let, ones? I had to let other what things be. What were your middle be. ones? Like... I would have had station. To, oh, you know what? Station to station is number three. I would have had low as number three or four. Uh huh. Or even and number that's two. That's it. That's the only thing you gave up. Yeah, I mean, like the rest well, of don't them. Fuck yourself. Yeah. Dude, we, can, dude, we can bump it. We can take Ziggy to five and just jank everything up. Nah, nah. Dude, it's not that great of a let's, record. Let's just drop Ziggy to seven. No, yeah, no. I want I want Hunky at one, Ziggy at two. And it's all about what Bobby wants. Low at three. Why are we listening to this guy, Evan? Let's drink it down. <laughs> no, Evan, it's no. your podcast. Don't listen. This is to where we it. end up. You don't up like Ziggy that much. You? I mean, it's the, good, but you don't like it that much. I, I want you to talk about the devil good. and angel on your shoulder, guys. Listen. Number seven is Aladdin Sane. Wrong. Numbers, I want to hear that every time. Number six is low. Lower. No, no. seven, Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> number, number six, Aladdin Sane. Number five is Young Americans. Four. Number four is here. <laughs> <laughs> number three is Station to Station Against All Fucking Odds. Number two is The Rise of All the Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Number one is Hunky Dory. Not that Dear, good of <laughs> Dear listeners, I want you to know something here. This was a perfect summation of our entire season, all in one thing here. I and the part of the reason why I knew going into this episode it was gonna be difficult is because again, as mentioned, David Bowie is unlike every other artist that we've done. Every album is brilliant in a genre, not just brilliant for the artist. And so we have to debate all that shit together. I know for a fact you, dear listener, have different thoughts and opinions. And some people are going to be like, hashtag Team Bobby, hashtag Team John Harvey. I don't that know going. everybody I've ever seen hunky-dory put the number one. I've been like, putting those people now. So. <laughs> Again, as Taryn... It's going to be weird how we do the two main episodes and then there's only three people on the fucking yeah. Happy Hour episode. It's just so weird how Did that happens. To my December episode that I was on, I did not listen to that one because that is one it. where you think there this was is bad. Contention. Bobby, Bobby, and I had exact opposite. Yeah, my number one was his number seven, mm. and his number one was my we number seven. We could totally rank them in chronological order. Save one yeah. album. And we, oh, I mean, we can just totally shaft him. It's not too late. No, it's I mean, too late. It's, we, they're still recording. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, we've gone through a lot. And the thing is that, like, these seven albums, if you're just a casual person, get these fucking seven albums All if seven. you have like, what, yeah. what was your number two? At the end of the day, it may have been a tie between Lad and Sane and Low. Like, as much as I still love Heroes, and I do love Heroes profoundly and profusely, mm. like, it profoundly. was still, yeah, yeah. Profanely. Profanely. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all those different things. It's a lot, but here's the thing. We had the debate. It's all very good. Guys, it's been a long, long night. We still have a happy hour mini sub to get to, which I'm very, very excited about. I know. At the same time, though, and I truly do mean it, despite everything. Thank you both. I'm glad you were here for it. Thank you it. for having me. Yeah, but John Harvey doesn't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I just, it's amazing by the end how much I don't agree for this. <laughs> I know. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, he's been there many a times before. Oh, but you listen to the Beatles episode, right? Yeah, which, by the way, you know, there's still 25 really good songs on the White Album. <laughs> out of 30. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, what, what, it was like, remember, that was the one where also Bobby, he was just like, Magical Mystery Tour, worst album. Like, yeah. Right, exactly. I almost... Punched you. If... I almost tried to make it so you were never on this podcast again. What? <laughs> I feel like since you're here, I can tell you that in a, I was in a place of so confidence and trust. mad about and fucking Magical Mystery Tour. I, I asked, I don't remember who it was, but I was asking other people to like 
for validation. They're like, yeah, Magical Mysteries were last. And I'm like, yeah. yes. Really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have the worst friends, I'm telling you right now. Uh, that being said, guys, do us a favor. Despite this extremely contentious episode, uh, do us a favor. Please uh, do like the Facebook page. Post your fucking list so we can talk about it. Because obviously the discussion is still going to be going on. Uh, that being said, do rate us on iTunes. Find us on uh, Stitcher, all the other things, though. Thank you for listening. Anywhere uh, podcasts are found. Or sold. Uh, if they uh, Just throw us some money our way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and just imagine the list where three is number one and one and two are... Or six was six. nine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Hendrix, man. Make your, own, make your own list. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's all hard anyway. Who cares? But actually, though, make your own list actually, and then one. comment it on, on our, our Facebook Because uh, when people did it with the Flame episode, me. it was very good. Yeah, validate John Harvey. He needs it. He really does. In the meantime, uh, keep on listening because you know that we'll be. Thank you so much. Hell. <laughs> 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 no, he's gonna he's gonna kinda say <laughs>